If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. I hope this has blessed you. I hope this is really, it's been wonderful to go back into this verse and uh, delve into some truths that are relevant for our life today. And, um, you know, the Word of God is living. It's powerful. On every level it is. And uh, so we've been looking at some things here, some truths from this old psalm that bring life to us today and that help us in our situations today. I want us to all please stand together one last time, and we're going to read. We've been reading this psalm together every week, and uh, I apologize about our projector over here. It went out in our first service, so uh, thank God we have two. And so we're going to focus on this screen over here and read together. It's 16 verses. Ready? Read. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, Father, we thank you for these next few moments under your word, the hearing of your word, the preaching of your word. Father, what an honor it is to stand here and deliver this message to this great people. I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ to rest upon your people, that their hearts would illuminate, God, with your truths. Thank you that your word is a seed, and when it is planted, God, hallelujah, it brings forth much fruit. And I pray that this would be a fruitful experience today. Thank you, Lord, that your word is life to those who find it and health to all of their flesh. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. It's been a wonderful journey through this chapter, and if um, you would like to catch up on any of these messages, if you've missed any of them, you can definitely uh, catch up because we have a podcast with all of our sermons on there, free for you to download. And I want to encourage you to do that, to listen to these things throughout the week. Be encouraged, be built up, continue to grow and be strengthened in your walk with God. Um, you can go to onecausechurch.com and uh, just click on the 
podcast button, and there they are free for you. So I'm just going to touch a little bit on the things that we have covered. I've given you uh, all D words, so I've called it Psalm 91. It's divine. Silly, I know, but that's what you got when you got this pastor. (laughs) Thank you, Bill. He who dwells in the secret place, and this this first D word is obviously dwelling. And what David's reality was and what our reality is was really quite different. He had a, the, the spirit then before Christ came and died for our sins. He would come and, and come up on people and help them, but he would not dwell in them because they were unredeemed. But when you became a new creation in Christ, he came and moved in and unpacked and stayed. Amen. And, and because you are his dwelling place, therefore you can know he is your dwelling place. Paul said it like this, in him we live and move and have our being. Hallelujah. And then the next thing David says, I will say of the Lord. This speaks of your declaration. We know that our words carry power because we're made in the very image of God. When he speaks, he said, light be, and guess what happened? Light bead. And when you speak, the scripture says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen. So you can build with your words and you can tear down with your words. You can bring death with your words and you can bring life with your words. Let me recommend to you to bring life. David says, I will say of the Lord. And it's important when you find yourself in trouble, when you find yourself in uncertainty, that you say of the Lord what he has said about himself. Because our experiences can fool us. Even our own reasoning. That's what religion is. It's just man's reasoning about God and about goodness. And it all really falls short of the truth. The only truth is is that Christ died for our sins. And that he was buried. And that he rose again from the dead three days later. And whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Now, there's, a, you know, there's a, a popular phrase that says, all roads lead to God. You know, whatever road that you're on, all roads lead to God. And they do, straight to the judgment seat. The God known as the judge of the universe. But there is only one road that actually leads to the Father. All right? Only one road leads to the Father. That is, you, you've already settled your case out of court. Hallelujah. And God says, not guilty, because you believed on the Son, and you got on His way, and that way leads you right to eternal life, right to the Father, into your Heavenly Father's arms. I'm grateful to God for Jesus. And so God made this, built this road to us, and so He tells us who He is by showing us Himself through His Son, Jesus, and He is good, and He does good always. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, he is my fortress. He is not the cause of my calamity and trouble. He's my safety in those times. He is my strength. He is my deliverer. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowl and from the perilous pestilence. Deliverance. It's an ongoing thing. Jesus' name means deliverer. All right, so that you can always know that it wasn't just a one-time thing. He is your constant deliverance. That's why you can call upon his name 
when you're in trouble and he will deliver you. Yes, he has saved you. If you believe on him, he has saved you from eternal destruction and given you a place in heaven. Thank God. And, 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 and has come and dwelt in you. But how many of you know in this life, you need lots of deliverances along the way because there's trouble in this world. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And I'm glad he didn't leave us just with that sad news. He said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That means there is a deliverance for you. Hallelujah. Amen. And then it says, He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Everybody say defense. God is your defense, and he says things of you. He says things of you. His blood, the scripture says that Jesus' blood speaks on your behalf, and it speaks better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood, Abel who was killed unjustly by his brother who was killed. Abel was innocent. He didn't do anything wrong. His brother murdered him. His blood cried out. God told Cain, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. What is that blood saying? Avenge me. Injustice. This is wrong. But Jesus' blood speaks better things. His blood speaks, Father, forgive them. Hallelujah. They are now the righteousness of God in Christ. They who were far away now have been brought near. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your wonderful, wonderful defense. Amen. And then, uh, you, he, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor the, of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. That means 24 hours a day, you are to be dauntless, unafraid, because your heavenly Father is with you. He's on your side. When you are awake, when you are asleep, wherever you go, you can know, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. And then a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. That is, God wants to keep, it is his desire to keep you distant from calamity. distant. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Everybody say determination. Now, this is all about our mindset. This is about our attitude when it comes to our walk, when it comes to even our own life. You know, if you're a Christian, then you already live in the spirit. But we also know that we need to, if we live in the spirit, we also need to walk in the spirit. All right. And that comes where we decide with our mind that we're going to live this spirit-filled life. Romans 8, chapter 5, Paul says, those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. That is, they choose for the flesh. Those who live according to the spirit set their mind on the things of the spirit. So it has to do with your determination to say, I'm going to walk out the experience that has happened on the inside of me. I will be led by the inner man, the real me. Amen. Then he says, No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you, fat, lest, <laughs> lest you dash your foot, fash your dut against a stone. This speaks of direction that God has given his angelic associates to be at your beck and call to direct you. And the scripture says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Are you getting this? This psalm has so much assurance in it. 
when I read this, it just fills me with confidence in my God who is really on my side, more so on my side than I am myself. Hallelujah. Now, let's get into a couple of new things here. Verse 13, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. I think this is an amazing illustration, isn't it? Imagine yourself trampling on cobras and lions and tigers and bears. You shall try. Everybody say demolition. Ah, this is where you carry out the victory that was already in, already accomplished by the Lord Jesus Christ. We are here to carry out, to enforce, and to invoke that victory in the earth today. That's why we're here. That's why you need to know who you are. And you're not going to know who you are unless you first know who he is. Because now that you are in him, your whole reality is different. The scripture says, as he is, so are we in this world. See, God planted a seed, his, the seed called his son. And, and when that seed died, and the seed does not know its potential until it dies, but when it dies, it produces much of the same kind. God made a law that the seed would produce after its kind. So nothing's changed. No seed has gone awry and said, forget this, I'm tired of being an apple seed. I want to be an orange seed. It's just not possible because the seed produces after its own kind. They have to continue to obey the law that God set up. And don't you know, if God's ever going to watch over any seed to perform after its own kind, it's going to be his most precious seed, his son. John chapter 12, Jesus said, unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much seed. That's why you have to know that you're not just a stepbrother of Jesus. You're not some some some. Something other than him. You are like him. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. The same image, the same righteousness. All right? You are just as righteous. You are just as righteous sitting here right today as his child. Just as righteous as Jesus Christ himself. Otherwise, the seed did not produce after its own kind. All right? One of the tragedies of the church is they bought the lie that I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, we're sons of the living God. I was a sinner, but now I'm saved by grace. Hallelujah. He became sin, and I became righteousness. He became cursed, I became blessed. He became wounded, I became healed. He became poor, I became rich. He became the son of man so that I could become a son of God. This exchange really took place. But you've got to believe that about yourself. You have to see yourself as God sees you. What do you say of the Lord? You've got to say what he says about himself. But what do you say of yourself? You need to say what he says about you. I know sometimes when you look into the word of God and you see what he says about you, you go, <laughs> yeah, right. Because we, many times, short sheet ourselves by referring to ourselves in the flesh. Paul says we regard no one according to the flesh any longer. We understand that we are a spirit now. 
We have a soul. We live in a body, but this is not really us. This is to obey us. The lion, I looked these things up in the Hebrew. This is so rich. You shall tread upon the lion. In the Hebrew, it actually means roaring lion. This speaks about intimidation. That is one of the tactics of the devil to intimidate you. Scripture says he roams about like a roaring lion. It doesn't say he is, but he sounds like one. And he can sound fierce. But he's just a little whipped kitty cat. Powerless. Unless you give him the power. He's seeking whom he may devour. Just don't let him may. Amen. The cobra speaks of the bite, the poison, something to bring harm or destruction, the roar, the bite. The young lion speaks of strength and prowess. But even though he looks strong, you're stronger because you're in Christ. And if that's true, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And the serpent, it says, or it's better translated, dragon. What does a dragon do? He breathes out fire. The scripture says that we, with the shield of faith, will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So blow your breath, dragon. I have faith in God. They all represent the different powers of intimidation, harm, and destruction. But Jesus told his disciples in Luke 10, 19, listen to this. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Wow. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Oh, hallelujah. So there is a, there is a distance for us from calamity, but there's also this power to tread upon those things that would try to bring harm to us and to make a sidewalk out of your enemy. Hallelujah. See, this is where you go from defense to offense. This is all about the Word of God. The Scripture says the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. All right? The way that you wield that sword is to not to pretend like you're fighting something by swinging through the air, but to speak the Word. Let it come out of your mouth. The scripture says, out of his mouth comes a two-edged sword. Amen. Declare the word of God and do damage to the stupid kingdom of darkness. And that shield of faith, the scripture says, will quench all the fiery darts. All right? I, that blesses me. Think, this, the scripture has so much assurance, so much peace in it, so much truth in it. There's such a reliance on it that, that there's certainty this world is uncertain, and people are not even certain that there is real truth. But this, the Bible just says these things so brilliantly, so clearly, so concise that, it, that we can grab a hold of it, and there's no vagaries about it. Just says it how it is. That's the truth. Will you believe it? That that word of God is more powerful than anything, any other word that is spoken. It is 
another dynamic of your victory. He says you quench all the fiery darts. Not most of them, not some of them. All of them. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Because if we're, going to, if we're going to live in this victory, it's not going to be known in the flesh. It's not going to be known up here. It's not going to be known by trying to just wish the devil away. Think, I just need to think positive thoughts. Right? That's, that's, not, that's not going to cause the devil to tuck his tail and flee. It's not that easy. This whole thing is done in the spirit. Because we are spirits. He is a spirit. And you have authority over that spirit. Remember the show, uh, The Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom? You remember that show? Marlon Perkins? Love Marlon Perkins. And he had his, his, I always felt sorry for Jim Fowler, his assistant, because Jim had to do all the dirty work while Marlon Perkins did all the commentating, right? Right? Watch Jim leap onto this rhino. And Jim's like, what? Okay. Watch the rhino thrash Jim around. Notice the blood. Poor Jim. He's always having to be that guy's daredevil. Well, they were following these African bushmen around. If you know anything about the African bushmen, they are fierce and they are bold. These guys had a tactic of hunting that they found out about, and so they wanted to follow them and watch them in action as they came upon these hyenas that had taken down a gazelle. And these African bushmen, they watched them as they lined up together, and they held these branches in their hands, and they began to slowly march toward this group of hyenas here feasting on this, what did I say it was? Gazelle. And it looked something like this, so they were all in a line and began to head toward the Hyenas. Eyes glued to the hyenas, chanting. The hyenas looked up at them, took off. The African bushman grabbed the gazelle, put it on their pole, marched home to bring dinner to the house. Well, then they came upon another day where some cheetahs were feasting on an impala. Same tactic. Same tactic. Side by side, fiercely, not giving up, not flinching. And Marlon Perkins says, if they flinch, the cheetah will ravage them. The cheetah would lunge at them. He would swipe at them, but they just kept coming, relentless, staring them down. And eventually the cheetahs would give up as hungry as they were and run for their lives. And they took the impala Brought dinner home. They came upon another day, lions. Lions there feasting on yet another dead, poor animal. African bushmen saw the lions and they took off this way. Went half a mile this way, turned up, went half a mile that way, and half a mile the other way. Marlon Perkins looked into the camera and said, the moral of this story is, Lions don't bluff. (laughs) See, the scripture teaches you and I that you are going to win, not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. 
And he has given you the authority to trample over all the power of the enemy because you carry a name with you that is above every name. And at that name, every knee will bow. At that name, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. You can't philosophize the devil away. You can't punch his lights out as much as you might want to. But in the spirit, in the spirit, he is no match for you. He is deathly afraid of you. When he looks at you, he sees Jesus. He sees the lion of the tribe of Judah who came roaring back to life from that grave. Three simple thoughts here for you. Just write these things down to ensure your victory. And if you'll do these things, if you'll practice these things, you will find yourself living at a greater level of victory. They're very simple. One, speak the word. Well, I don't know the word. Read it and know it. You'll be surprised what you can know if you'll just read it. I used, to, I used to give the same excuse. I don't understand the Bible, but I wasn't giving much attention to it. I just wanted to say I don't understand it just so I could just keep being lazy. Can I just say it straight up? Huh? No, just, I just need the pastor to tell me what the Scripture says. Oh, I'm here for that, but I'm here to help you get a hunger for the Word so that you'll search the Scriptures and find these things to be true. And I found out that the truths of the Word of God are there, and I began to see them when I spent the time. The Scripture says he's a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Amen. Glory to God. Speak his Word. It is your highest authority. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. What does that mean? Speak in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Because the Scripture says that when the Spirit prays, he prays according to the will of God. Wow. Wow. I don't know about you, but I need that. I need that. Because we know when we pray the will of God, the Scripture says we know He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, then we know that we have the thing that we've asked for. Why would I not pray in the Spirit? Because I don't know everything. I don't know everything that's going, off, going out there in the, uh, in the world and, and, what, and what's all happening in the Spirit. So I need to pray in the Spirit so I can unlock those mysteries so that I can see what is really going on, so that I can experience God's will for my life. Amen. I'm not saying you can't experience God's will for your life if you don't pray in the Spirit. I'm just saying you might not. Amen. Pray in the understanding and pray in the Spirit. When I was growing up, I was always was used to hear this thing. You might have heard what I'm, what I'm talking about when they would say, pray in the Holy Ghost because the devil can't understand what you're saying. Right? I'm like, well, I don't understand what I'm saying. But then I tried to find that scripture in verse, right? Where did they get that idea? You know, so I tried to find it in the scripture, and it's not there. People just made it up. And then I thought, I hope he does actually understand. I hope he understands every word. Every time I pray in the Holy Spirit, and I hope it's like nails going through his body. I hope it's like him chewing broken glass and having to swallow it every time I pray in the Holy Spirit. I hope it makes him scream in pain. Pray the will of God. And walk by faith. Walking by faith is the proper perspective. That is, you've, you've stepped beyond living by that which you know in the senses, that which you see and taste and touch and smell and here, but you walk by faith, the sixth sense. 
And look at verse 14. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. Glory to God. I will set him on high because he has known my name. This is God responding to love. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Everybody say devotion. Hopelessly devoted to you. That was on in our house yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, there were kids watching Greece yesterday. Sorry. Look at this. He will set his love upon me and look, look the way God responds to it. Why? Because he sees you acting like him. He sees you acting like him. God is love. He is love. For in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, Paul says in Galatians, but faith working through love. So if you've set your love upon him, then that means you've already taken step one. You've received his love for you. Because you can't love God first. He first loved you. That's the power of his love. That's the power of love. Sorry. Don't need money. Don't need no credit card to ride this train. I got to get this out. Okay. Listen to what the scripture says about love. We got Chase and Crystal married off on Friday night. Yeah, our head usher and his beautiful bride, they are in the Bahamas right now. Isn't that great? I was reading, I was going over the, the notes for, for his uh, ceremony, and I, I went over to 1 Corinthians 13, and uh, this verse gets me. Every time I read this, I think, wow, this is so profound, so wonderful. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. And if I could add an Eric Holler to that, I would say love is very naive. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like it is? And then it says love never fails. It just says that, and it doesn't put any conditions on it. Love bears all things, unless people are mean to you. Love believes all things, unless they're lying to you. Love hopes all things, unless there's no reason to hope. No, it just says these statements, and that's God's position. Because God is love. We could say God bears all things. God believes all things. God hopes all things. God endures all things. God never fails. Love covers a multitude of sins. Hey, husband and wife, put your little checklist down. Stop fault finding and get back in love. All right? It covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't look for them. There is no fear in love. That scripture has been going through me over and over again. I think if I'm afraid, then I am not letting God love me. Somewhere along the way, I've just stopped letting God just love me. There's no fear there. Perfect love.
cast out all fear. That's what it says, 1 John. Let's look at that for a moment. 1 John chapter 4. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Check that out. If you're afraid about the day of judgment, then you've not been made perfect in love. Then you've not fully grasped God's love for you to know that that is not a day for you to fear. That's a day for you to stand and be bold in his love. Now that's going to be a really terrible day for a lot of people. But not for you. Because as he is. That's why I'm saying this is how God has so thoroughly loved you that he made you just like him. When you were recreated in Christ, you were just like him. And so, like I said, you cannot know who you are until you know who he is. And when you see who he is, then you say, wow, God really loves me. Because he really loves his son. There is no fear in love, but perfect love. Everybody say perfect love. Now, that does not mean that you make no mistakes in your love. This is talking about God's love, not your love. All right? Perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. That is, he's just not allowed God to love him where in all the areas he needs God to love him. That God wants to love him. We love him because he first loved us. One of the greatest stories that illustrates that is the story that we find over in Luke chapter 15 where a father is waiting for a son to come home. If you, won't mind, if you don't mind, I'd like to read you a little bit of prodigal fun. Feeling footloose and fancy free, a feather-brained fellow forced his fond father to fork over the farthings. He flew far to foreign fields and frittered his fortune, feasting fabulously with faithless friends. Friskiness finally faded, facing famine and fleeted by his fellows in folly. He found himself a feed flinger in a filthy farmyard. Fairly famishing, he fain would have filled his frame with a foraged food from the fodder fragments. Fooey, my father's flunkies fare far fancier. The frazzled fugitive fumed feverishly, frankly facing facts. Frustrated by failure and filled with foreboding, he fled forthwith to his family. Falling at his father's feet, he floundered forlornly. Father, I have flunked and fruitlessly forfeited family favor. But the faithful father, forestalling further, flinching, frantically flagged the flunkies to fetch forth the finest fatling and fix a feast. The fugitive's fault-finding freighter frowned on the fickle forgiveness of former Falderall. His fury flashed, but fussing was futile. The far-sighted father figured such filial fidelity is fine, but what forbids fervent festivity? For the fugitive is found. Unfurl the flags with fanfares flaring. Let fun and frolic freely flow. Former failure is forgotten. Folly forsaken Forgiveness forms the foundation for future fortitude. In other words, God loves you and is totally on your side. He demonstrated that love while we were yet sinners, when we were hopelessly lost, dead, written off, heading into a Christless eternity. God couldn't do without us, though. He wouldn't do. He would not leave us in that condition. So Christ died for our sins. 
and he was buried and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Wow. And when news of his love came to our ears, it changed our lives. When we put our faith in that simple message and nothing else but him, everything changed for us, didn't it? We were swallowed up in his love. As you let God love you and as you love God, you'll see how deeply devoted he really is to you. And you'll find yourself irresistibly being devoted to him as well. Father, I want to thank you for this time in your presence. And I thank you for your precious people here today. God, you are so faithful to us. How you love us. Lord, we will sing of your everlasting love from generation to generation, from day to day, lifetime after lifetime, through the eons of eternity. We'll never, ever fully recover from how you love us. And I thank you for that that you hold us in your love. Father, there are those here today who desperately need to open up their lives and just receive your love. Some are here today, they're afraid. Some are here today, they're uncertain, they're unsure. Some are here today and are sad. Some are here today are broken. Some are here today, God, who have a gaping void in their life. And your love is all they need. It's all they need. Let God love you. Let him in. Let him show who he is to you. If you would just say this with me, Father, my heart is open to you. I receive your love for me. I will not be afraid. I will not fear. I am certain right now, more than ever, that you love me more than I could ever love you. And I accept your love for me. Father, I thank you for healing today, restoring, renewing hope. For those that are in turmoil, I just declare right now the peace of God that passes all understanding to guard their hearts and minds. Those that are struggling, God, their minds are running wild, Lord. They're, they're restless in their sleep. I pray right now for an infusion of your peace to enter in and to dissipate every lie of the devil, every guilty feeling, all the shame, bitterness, unforgiveness, worry. Let love have its perfect way in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, today that we are here. We are who we are today because we believe the gospel and we got all the benefits of your life when we believe that Jesus died for us 
And he took our sins away by nailing them to his cross. And his blood was shed. And that blood satisfied the wrath of God forever. And a fountain of grace and mercy was opened up to us that we live in every day of our lives as we walk by faith in our God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Praise God. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 a.m., 11 a.m., or 1 p.m., and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Please visit onecausechurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at One Cause Church. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.